Oh, well, no, we've got him. We're yeah. ready. Wow, you yeah. beauty. All righty. Well, I didn't think I'd be saying this, Rooch, but uh, the Redbacks are on top of the shield table yes. at the moment, and yes. we were a little yes. bit yes. Le- nervous about talking to our next guest after going down and having an outright loss to an undermanned Tasmania. But the boys have bounced back. So it's a good time to talk to their coach, Jason Gillespie. Hello, Dizzy. Uh, G'day, guys. How are you going? Not bad. Tell us truthfully, after that first Shield game, how were you feeling? Um, I was very confident. Um, You know, it's... Look, a lot of people might question that, but, you know, we, we... we see what the lads do the pre-season. They put in the hard work, the effort they put mm-hmm. in, and the planning and preparation um, that goes into the season. And, and look, admittedly, we stuffed it up first game against mm-hmm. Tasmania in the Shield. Um, you know, we, we knew we know we can play a lot better than that. Um, you know, with bat and ball, we, we just weren't good enough. We addressed that. We acknowledged that. We um, acknowledged the areas we needed to be a lot better in, and. Uh, the players took a lot of ownership um, mm. and you know, they responded in the best possible way by playing against a very good New South Wales side and, uh, and coming out on top. It was great. Yeah, we spoke to Ryan Harris prior to the Tasmanian game. And, he was up. Uh, yeah, we were all in. He was very direct, very focused and uh, it was all business. So it was a really disappointing result. But I tell you what, yesterday we spoke to Nathan McAndrew, who we've spoken to before. And I tell you what, just by talking to him, he sounds like he brings a lot of maturity and professionalism and focus to the group. He certainly does. He's one of the most professional mm. uh, sports people I've ever come across. Um, Nathan gives himself the very best chance. Um, had to wait a long time for his first class, you know, a, a good run at first class cricket, having, um, you know, come through um, the New South Wales system and, and obviously in the you know, historically very strong with a lot of international players um, in their in their setup. So, you know, com- competition for places is, is really hard. And um, you know, we, we saw a, a a mature age player when he came over to South Australia a few years ago. A player that had actually played a lot of four day cricket, but it just wasn't in the first class arena. It was a lot of second level cricket. So we knew that his body could handle it. Uh, mentally, he could handle. Uh, the demands of first-class cricket because he he spent a lot of time, you know, many seasons playing and honing his craft at the admittedly at the second eleven level, but he was playing multi-day cricket. Which when you when you play club cricket Saturday to Saturday, you're not getting that uh, multi-day backing up physically, backing up mentally, um, playing on different pitches. That you know, as the game wears on, it starts to deteriorate. Um, you know, unfortunately, club players don't get exposure to those opportunities. So this is where like, second level cricket it plays a crucial role. And, you know, Nathan has, has had a lot of experience with that and now um, obviously showing um, showing his class in the first class arena, um, certainly for South Australia. And he's had some opportunities um, overseas as well. Jason, I think it would be a fair assessment of last year that you took some steps, but there was this inconsistency. It might be a session that was great, and then there'd be the disappointment with the next session. So what's the difference to going longer and better to get these results like you did against New South Wales? I think it's, it's our planning, it's our preparation, it's, it's the training, how we go about training, and, and we've been putting our players under more scrutiny at training, mm. um, trying to be as specific as possible and preparing. Uh, we, we, we've sort of got really good dialogue with our ground staff, both at Adelaide Oval mm. and at Karen Rotten Oval and Park 25, and getting really specific with the preparation that we have in the surfaces so that 
when we get out into the middle um, in whatever conditions we're confronted in, we're not yep. surprised in any way because we have prepared specifically on mm. on every surface we can possibly imagine. Uh, last year, we had a really good wind down in Tasmania and the the week or so previously, um, Trent Kelly uh, down at Karen uh, and Oval, Park 25, had prepared surfaces that mimicked uh, Bellarive Oval down in okay. uh, down in Hobart, which which made it really tricky for batting. Um, and we ended up having a fantastic batting performance backed up by our bowlers down there. So, you know, we've taken uh, that philosophy and, mm. and trying to, you know, it's not always possible, but we, we try and get conditions to mimic what we're going to confront um, coming into the next uh, next challenge. And, and we did that uh, before this game against New South Wales out on AO Adelaide Oval number mm. two. We, we had conditions that were, we felt were going to replicate what we got in the middle and, uh, and our batsmen and bowlers um, trained and prepared accordingly. So have you got consistency now at all three points, Adelaide Oval number two, Adelaide Oval and Cam Rolton, where there are the drop-ins? Is that based on getting consistent decks to work on no matter what the fixture gives you? Yeah, Rooch. So, so a goal there with the couple of drop-ins at KRO, mm. uh, they are actually surfaces that have been played on at Adelaide Oval. So okay. really now the only difference between Adelaide Oval and KRO mm. is the outfield. So the mm. outfield at Adelaide Oval at the moment, it's a lot slower than what uh, KRO is. Um, but the actual playing surface is very, very similar. And, um, you know, which I think will produce results. So KRO, I know Trent Kelly has worked so hard, but with football being played on that over the winter and the, yeah. the square getting yeah. particularly heavy traffic, um, you know, the, the, the spring months have to be absolutely perfect um, conditions to get that grass growing back. And if, um, if it doesn't, we're left with a, a very docile square um, that doesn't offer assistance to anyone. Mm. Um, so having the two drop-ins in there now, um, we can get those surfaces prepared. Uh, Hoffy and his crew at Adelaide Oval can prepare those and then we... We get them across the Morford Street Bridge and uh, down to KRO and, and, and put in there. And, and look, our first game against Tasmania, yeah, we went down, but it certainly wasn't the fault of the surface. The surface mm. was excellent. We just needed to play better on it. Dizzy, how's our wicketkeeper, Harry Nielsen, going? How does he rank around the nation in his keeping and his batting? He, he's, he's been elite, um, Kim, Kimbo. He, he's been fantastic. Um, he's keeping. He's up there. Uh, yeah. with the elite keepers in not just Australia but around the world. He's doing a fantastic job. Um, he was involved in our two highest partnerships of the game, um, coming in at seven uh, last game. Uh, he came in at eight in the second innings because we had the uh, night watchman. But he, him and Nathan McSweeney had the two highest partnerships of the game um, in, in that Shield match. So he, he, he plays a crucial role with the bat coming in in the middle order there. Um, calm head on his shoulders and his keeping is absolutely elite. Got his 100th uh, Sheffield Shield dismissal mm. for South Australia, so only mm. the ninth wicketkeeper in, in our history to to reach that number. Um, he's a fantastic player and, and a very important member of our squad. Could he be talked about at national level or does his batting have to improve in that area? Oh, certainly from a keeping point of view, there's no question. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of the keepers are batting in the in the top five, top six, aren't they? So, you know, that's, that's probably something that, um, you know, for Harry to progress to uh, to be considered at the next level, um, probably the output with the bat um, would would probably need to need to improve somewhat. Um, but look, um, 
how he's going with South Australia. He, he's, he's playing crucial role. He has done for a number of years. Um, and he's had some extended opportunities, obviously, with Alex Carey mm. playing for Australia now. Um, you know, Harry's had some extended opportunities and uh, he's, a, he's a senior member of our squad. All right, the Australia One Day Cup, you play the Blues tomorrow. Uh, no wins after two matches, so you need to get on the board. Uh, what can we expect? Well, well, you can expect a team that's going to go out there and give their all. There's no doubt about that. We've had our planning and strategy sessions and we've identified opportunities where we feel we can impact against New South Wales. We, we, we know how they're, they're likely to come at us with the bat and ball. Uh, they've got a couple of batters in their top four. We'll probably look to be quite aggressive and, and another couple will, I suppose, anchor the innings. And then they've got their, I suppose, their middle to lower order who are all looking to uh, strike the ball big. So they'll look to take their innings deep and, and have their hitters waiting for that last 15, 15 or so overs. So, so we're aware of that. We're aware that early wickets are, are going to be key. Um, and then for, from our perspective... Um, with the bat, uh, we know probably the middle overs. Uh, we expect Nathan Lyon to play, so he, he'll he'll be a big player for them, uh, for New South Wales. But if we we know we can just um, give ourselves the best chance um, uh, with a with a good surface, um, the boundaries aren't too long. Um, you know our batters, we feel we can impact. We can with some long pockets, we can we can look to get plenty of twos and threes. But also when the bad ball's there, we can look to uh, hit it out of the park. All righty. A lot of texts coming through you now. This works. We've had a lot of texts talking about being negative about older players still playing in the system, denying younger players a crack. This one says, this is from Modbury Mac. Uh, he says, can you ask Dizzy about the likes of Joe Burns, Peter Siddle and Jackson Bird still playing shield cricket at 35 plus and how advantageous it is for the young players? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Look, I think it comes down to the type of player and their motivation. Um, you know, certainly from our perspective, having Jackson Bird, who's the leading wicket-taker in the history of Tasmanian cricket and um, still one of the better bowlers going around in shield cricket, our young batsmen uh, forming strategies and planning on how to combat his bowling, um, it can only be a good thing for young players around the country to come up against quality uh, bowlers like that, him and, and Peter Siddle, sharing dressing rooms, um, you know, with players like that, um, being in opposition against players like that. Um, but, yeah, but their mo- the motivation, I think, for those players, uh, if they're, they're there to contribute to winning for their team and, and help um, young players both for their own side and, and opposition, then I've got no problem with those guys playing. But we do need to explore, and for the health of Australian cricket going forward, we have to explore ways to, to provide opportunities for, for young players to get exposed at the first-class level uh, against quality players. So I think a, a combination of both mm. uh, is probably ideal. But you, you certainly don't want uh, older players um, clogging the system purely because they don't know what else to do with their life. All right, Roach, let's get into it. There's a World Cup on. Oh, yes. How much are you enjoying that, Jason? And what do you see happening there, particularly with the controversy that Dave Warner's putting up about putting the umpire's score on the board as well? Yeah, I mean, look, that's an interesting suggestion and um, I haven't had a lot of time to think about that when I, I saw it this morning. And um, yeah, look, it's an interesting take on things. I, I think what we, what we want to do, we want to make sure the focus continually stays on the players because yeah, the players are the product. Yeah. Um, the umpires aren't the product. The umpires are there to manage the game. And, um, you know, I, I think 
Yeah, look, I'd say to that suggestion, if we're going to scrutinise the umpires just as much as we are the players, let's pay them the same as the players. Good point. Um, if we're going to be scrutinising them that much, um, I think we leave the leave the umpiring and the and that to to umpires and then and the administrators that are running the game, and let's. Um, make sure the players are just concentrating on doing their jobs and playing the game. Dizzy, oh, he's always just dirty on tracking, isn't he? Mm. Always great to chat to you. We need to jump into a break. Uh, in a word, do Australia make the playoffs, the finals in the World Cup? Yes. I love it. All right, okay. Diz, good luck tomorrow and good luck against WA in your next Shield game. Appreciate your time. Yeah. As always, boys, thank you so much.